Hey everyone, and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Deuce, Season 1, Episode 5. It's called What Kind of Bad. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. You know, that, that this show is really nailing the uh, climactic final shot that suggests where things are going. Like, they, they always make it feel like a big mm. moment. So at the end of this, when Vincent's standing at that sort of, you know, not finished yet sort of front desk of what's going to be a whorehouse... And the camera just pulls back as the... Dun, dun, it, o- dun, it always dun, does dun, the pull back as well. Like It, it kind of sits on the moment and then moves backwards. It, it does always move back, because when he left the bar at the end of, like, three, the camera sort of... It, it went up instead of pulled back. Uh, okay. It always does, like, it's, it's always a similar sort of motion, though, yeah. the, the pace of it. Yeah, no, it does. It does. It, 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 the music always comes out at the end of the, the opening scene as well, before the, the titles hit. To, again, yeah. it's a suggest of, like, okay, you kind of get what the point of this scene is. Just mm. before it hits, but so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll start with Vincent. We'll start with Vincent and uh, Frankie's exploits and Bobby as well. They all come together on this one. Yeah. So it turns out that building that Rudy was showing them, he wants to be a whorehouse, and it's something where the city's involved in this. Not officially. It's kind of kind of like the the streets where it's like okay, off the books, but you're not allowed to do this uh, kind of thing. So they they want to try and clean up the streets and give them a place to go. So it's an actual place where. The girls wouldn't be on the streets, presumably. They'd be just in the whorehouse and guys would come in, discreet, and they could, you know, it's a whorehouse. Uh, but for, uh, Vincent doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He, he's like, no, I don't know the first thing about doing this. I, I don't, you know, it's not my thing. Like, this is still kind of legit what I'm doing here at the bar. There's nothing actually illegal going on uh, yeah. with what I'm doing here. Whereas this is crossing over into that line. And, you know, Frankie and Bobby are like, eh, can you say no to Rudy about this? Can you, are you allowed to say no? And... and it- it seems that he can. We never, we never really get it pushed. There's not enough time for it because, you know, Rudy's man comes in and like he asks him, okay, so what's the what's the opinion? And I love this scene because you have like Bobby and Vin. Uh, uh, I keep mixing Frankie and Vince. Frankie. Up. Frankie and Bobby are down the end of the the bar and they're looking up, just sort of spying, and even makes at the other end because that's his, that's his, that's his spot where he's like you know just yeah. keeping an eye on things. He can he can see the whole bar from there. Yeah, he's seen the whole bar, and he's sitting doing his crossword, but he's just he's paying attention. He's paying attention to what's going on, just in case this goes this goes south. And he just like, no, that's fair. If you can say no, like no, it's an opportunity. You've passed on it, and it's and you, you do kind of worry. You have that sort of sick feeling. Like, is this going to come back to haunt him in like twenty yeah, minutes? He seems a little pushy. He's like, are you sure? You know, do you want time to think about it? But. He, it, but then he, he goes, all right, whatever you say, it's just, you, you want to say no, you can say no. Yeah, it's, it's a really good scene in terms of, you're reading, it's like, it's not that traditional thing where it's really obvious that he might get stabbed at any minute or shot at any minute. It's more subtle, it's more gentlemanly. Like It's, it's like the, the possibility that you could get stabbed at any minute is here, but yeah. it's not like you're going to. Yeah, it's not. If it's going to happen, it won't happen at this moment. It'll come back later and do something. If that's yeah. where it's going to go, but it's it's all it's like a very subtle version of it, and I, I like that. Me it's too. actually Bobby though who like, you see him at home and he's like just miserable. He's like dealing mm. with his kids and he's like he wants out of the house. And as he says to Vincent when he's explaining this, he explains that the doctor says if I go back to a work site and do more labour, I'm going to be dead probably within a year. Uh, like he's just not built for it. He has to take things slow. So he likes the idea of being the one who manages this place. Like, you know, you, you deal with the money, you deal with all this stuff, but I'll be the one who's actually there. And, you know, I'm in construction, I can fix the place up. You know, I've, I've got all my all my guys who come around and do it. Um, which, you know, leads to Vincent accepting it. And he's like, oh, sorry for going back and forth in this, Rudy, uh, and all, all this stuff. 
but I actually love the minutia of when because they come in they talk about fixing it up but then the later scene Bobby comes in himself and it's Bobby with with Vincent and they're walking around and it's all these questions you would never think they had to be asked but he's like do we need locks in the doors? Do all the all the, the rooms need their own bathroom so they can clean up? Or do we need this? Do they share a bathroom at the end of the hall? Do, do we need this? Do, and it's all these like sort of technical questions. And, and, I'm like, and, and the answer to everything is the same from Vincent. The ethical yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every single response is that. So, oh, you're helpful. But I actually, that was a fascinating idea. I never like, you know, how often do you sit down and think about the logistics of what you need in a horse? No, I think it shows that Bobby might actually be quite good at this because he's thinking about it from that angle yeah he's thinking about it from a construction angle where he's, he's just a building place he's what are the needs of the place that he's building right that, but it's logic. kind of similar instead of physically going right what are the, the physical things i need to build to to make this work he, he just has to think right what do i need to build this as a as a business you know it's he just need, it's the same way of thinking oh yeah, it's both yeah, you know, it's like yeah. it's the practicalities, but it's also because at one point uh, it suggested, oh, make sure there's an exit in the back so the men can leave discreetly. Make sure there's a VIP room that's a bit nicer than the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, just all all these all these little things. It's like it's just the idea of sitting down like and planning something that you never think like until you actually sit down and plan like say I don't know um, uh, even a library, right? Like. Everyone knows what a library's like. Everyone's been to a library. You, you know, you know, the shelves of books. You got your your front desk, all that thing. You need bathrooms, obviously. But the, the one thing you might not think about if you've never actually sat down and thought about it is like, oh, how much storage room do we need in the back? Like, how, what's the turnaround like for the, for the storage space? There's, there's the the classic architecture story of uh, an architect that built a library, and you know, he, he, he accounted for everything, but he forgot to think of the weight of the books when he <laughs> when he designed it. So the whole library sinks like a couple of inches every year because he just just didn't account for it. Yeah, it's just funny things like that where you just don't think about the the silly details that will actually ruin the whole process if you don't get them mm. right. Um, but no, it's just it's fascinating. And it's fascinating to think that this might be like a... And we said this last week, I think, before we even knew what it was, but certainly now I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a, a hub now for the show. This will be a main location. Yeah. Uh, next season certainly if not so it's it's really interesting one. that we're now you know over halfway through this season and there's barely actually a plot it's all just characters doing things there's yeah. not really anything driving the plot there's no one there's no events happening that go okay we need to react to this and do that there isn't any outside force it's all just hey maybe this like rudy is arguably the closest we have to uh, an outside force driving the plot yeah, and I'd argue it's maybe the type of show that doesn't necessarily need it in the same way as the other things. It's more about the characters all have their own motivations, and it's more about how expertly interwoven they are and how they kind of like clash in their own journeys as no, they're going. I, I, I really like it. Yeah. I just think it's really interesting how you know if you said describe the plot of this show, you'd kind of struggle. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have that one sentence pitch that you can give to someone. Yeah. Like you can see, oh, it's set in the seventies New York, and it's prostitutes and the start of the porn, you know, the, the boom of the porn industry, and it's like, yeah, but so far we're still just kind of inching, like it's taking its time getting to some yeah, of these yeah, ideas. We're, we're barely even touching on porn yet. Yeah, it's been mentioned, it's been thought of, uh, we've seen it a couple of times, but it's not really the driving thing quite yet. It's even though, definitely not what the show's about. Not yet. Yeah, certainly not, not yet. yet. Yeah. Uh, it's about the characters first, and that's definitely what we're seeing here. 
Um, and I, I think it's fascinating just the idea that you know Rudy's set Vincent up with a spar, and like what maybe two months at most have passed, and now he's been offered to run this other place. He's doing a good job, clearly. Yeah, you know, legitimate or illegitimate, you know, whatever one it is. Regardless, here's a second place for you to run. Mm. Uh, you know, that's like kind of how he approaches it. And I love that again. Like everyone keeps saying, uh, "Well, why do you want to work for him, Bobby?" Like you were pissed like a month ago when he beat up one of your guys for for the other scheme fund, and now all of a sudden you're you're interested. And he gives these logistical reasons, be like, "Oh, I can't get a regular job anymore. I can't I can't do a job that I used to do. I have to do something that's maybe more management based, so that I'm not you know." Yeah, picking up things, running around, you know, doing. Any point, say he was a, su- a supervisor. He's used to being in charge. Yeah, so he's, he's got maybe some of the skills to keep things running smoothly. Uh, mm. It'll be really fascinating to see how he works with the pimps and the prostitutes. And which... that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, him interacting with them, and I, I like that uh, Vincent uh, is like, "Hey, you're not going to be partaking in the the merchandise, as it were." It's like you know, you're married to my mm. sister here, Bobby. I think that's yeah. like a amusing little touch, but. but it's... Uh, but you know, actually, it's funny because when they first started talking about this this brothel, I thought, is this going to compete with the pimps? Are the pimps going to dislike this? But then later on, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll start talking to the pimps. He's going to actually use the pimps to fill it. <laughs> like, no, you have yeah, your girls yeah, being here, just, but it's it's everyone wins then. Yeah, it's, instead of the money going to the motel or the hotel you're they're using currently, that would go to these people instead, who have custom built it to be discreet and have. You know, have yeah, bodyguards, and, and, have safe... And they wouldn't have to worry, in theory, they wouldn't have to worry about, you know, the, the pickups coming around on the cops on the street every night. Yeah. As they say, there'll maybe be a scheduled uh, raid for show, but they'll make sure, you know, they'll know in advance. They'll, like I said, it's it's uh, endorsed by the system because they want yeah. to have a place for it, but they don't have to deal with it as much. So, yeah. Of course... I'm still constantly thinking something bad's going to happen that's going to make all this crumble and people are going to start dying and getting shot and stuff. I, I don't think it's going to happen this season, though. I think that's fair. Not, not anymore. I think there might be like a hint of something at the end of the season, but not an actual... Like yeah, maybe, I... maybe Vincent will realise that he's kind of not free at the end of the season. Like That'll be like the big defining moment for him, maybe, at the end. Yeah, it could be. But it's moving too slowly, I think, for me to... You know, first episode, I thought maybe that's where we're going to get, get to. Yeah this season but now i don't i do think it's interesting because we're having like time skips between each other so it's been like a month since the last episode which we would never have noticed if he hadn't said that right but i think the next one i'm expecting another time jump and the the brothel to be just opening yeah or maybe close to the opening like they're doing the final touches and they're maybe it's mostly been negotiating with the prostitutes and them or something like that kind of idea but yeah if, if it doesn't maybe, if it's not like opening next episode It'll open in the the last episode of the season. That, that that'd be mm. my guess. Admittedly, they, they might surprise me and do it sooner, but it wouldn't actually shock me if the final moment is actually them opening the doors for the first time or something like that. Mm. I, I can, can see, see that. it. You know, they could have almost the same shot of Vincent at the the desk, but the camera goes through the doors. And yeah. You see people walking in. Like they probably won't. They'll probably do it next episode, and then we'll have some the initial kind of what's going on with it but mm. uh, no so fascinating stuff in that sense uh, let's talk about Candy uh, slash Eileen uh, yeah. last episode we mentioned a lot of it was like sort of showing why she should get out of this this episode took that and then turned it up uh, to yes it, it took that idea and beat you over the head with it it beat her over the head with it, it did yeah uh, she's got this really kind of intimidating John and he decides he's just out to rob her. He wants her money, and she tries to fight back. She pepper sprays him in the face, 
but he catches her. She, she, she just takes a little bit too long unlocking the door to get out, and she gets grabbed. And we see her at the hospital, and the whole scene, by the way, when she's getting attacked is horrifying. It's just it is horrendous. And we see, we see her at the hospital in, in our next scene, and she's just beat to shit. And the, the doctor says, oh, you're lucky because you don't need anything. You know, no stitches necessarily. Just, you'll heal, it's fine, and nothing serious. But she kind of chuckles at, oh, lucky. Yeah, that's what I am. Yeah lucky yeah it's one of those ones where you get why the doctor is like yeah this is kind of lucky like not that this has happened at all but this could have yeah. been a lot worse so in that sense you are very lucky mm. but yeah she's like nope this this is not good i want out and arguably i think one of the most powerful scenes of this this season so far comes later when she's back out in the town and mm. she i thought this was notable as well this is the first time she's not been wearing a wig while she's been on the job yeah uh, i thought that was particularly noticeable well obviously we see her covering all up all the wounds with makeup and she gets a, a a phone call she gets an answering machine message from from the new boyfriend who we see her with earlier on and that is also a very awkward love scene where he he finishes and he asks oh did you did you finish and she goes in for seconds like immediately and he's like oh, i'm not ready like i literally just finished and she just takes care of herself and there's this real kind of awkward and they kind of laugh it off at the end he's kind of okay with it but it's kind of this almost weird, like, emasculating moment where he's just it, kind of watching her deal. Do you know what it was? It was it was okay until she turns over, so she can't see him anymore. Mm, yeah. When when she's lying on her back, she's doing it, you know, and he's watching. It's like, okay, this is all right. It feels like okay, I'm just gonna do it. And it's but then she turns over, and it's like, no, I don't need you. I'm shunning you. And it's all almost this pathetic little, um, putting his hand on her back to feel like he's part of it. Yeah. And it, it just it feel it does pathetic is the word he he feels I'm not saying it is pathetic I'm saying he feels pathetic he he yeah. feels that way, um and you know that's that's the thing, but my favorite part of that whole scene though is you know she says she has to go home and we know she's making excuses because she has to go and do her job and she doesn't want him to know what she mm. what she does, but she makes up an excuse of having an early morning and he is like oh at least take cab money and he like takes money out of his wallet and of course as soon as he starts to do this I'm like. Yeah, like this is going to make it weird for her that he's actually paying her money afterwards, and yeah. it's it's kind of this correlation where he's not paying for the sex, but he feels the need to give her money because she did it. Yeah, and, and that's I saw, exactly it. it's, and it goes back to you know last episode we talked about how she didn't know how to date. She's kind of mm. it's blurred the lines. She's she's a bit stuck in the middle, and it, this just enhances that. And I don't want to talk about it just now, but I just want to point out how this connects very well to a scene. Uh, I think it's Ashley says to Abby about how husbands, pimps, and fathers are all the same. The pimps are just upfront about it. Uh, it kind of, to me, it correlates with that, where it's all kind of like this is kind of the same thing, even though it's not. Like there's there's these little things that he feels he has to give her something for her time, uh, but and it's not actually a sinister thing. It's just he he wants to be nice and you know yeah. offer to pay for the yeah, cab. Yeah, of course, he, he's he's being a gentleman. Yeah, that's what, that's what he's trying to do. That, that's but... what he thinks he's doing, and and uh, it, you know he's he's very sincere in what he's doing. It's just she can't help but notice. She she can't help but feel like he feels the need to give something back for for you know, and it, it gives it that murky grey area, uh, which yeah. is really great. But yeah, the most powerful scene in the episode. So she, she's back on the town without the wig, and uh, Rodney, who we've seen you know a couple of scenes before in other episodes, has come up and tried to kind of convince her. Oh, you know, come work for me. Uh, and he brings up a few points that we didn't really realise, I don't think, is that, oh, th- this isn't as bad as the last December. Like, he brings up previous examples where this was worse, where she got beat up even more. Yeah. And she tries to walk away, 
but he keeps pushing. He's like he, he's almost offended that she's still refusing to, to, to take his offer. And she knows that as soon as she does, she belongs to him because he won't like you know, we see how they treat the girls once they've decided they're part of their pimp business or pimp empire or whatever. Uh, I don't know what the, the correct word would be, but uh, and Connor's camera's gone to shit, but we'll keep going. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah, it's alright, I'll I'll monologue for a while, you'll you'll come back. As long as you can hear me. Uh, and he keeps pushing, he keeps pushing, and he, he gets forceful. And I love this scene because it's essentially her having a breakdown. She's having a breakdown and she's crying. And she's, like, she can't take what, she, what he's telling her. And he, he's, he's victimising her. He's making her feel small. He's basically, it's, it's actually maybe the, the most sexist scene we've had in the entire show. Where he tries to belittle her enough to feel that she needs him. And that's what he's trying to yeah. do. And she is, you know, she's adamant she doesn't. But she's there's this great mixture of laughing and crying in the acting. It's like the the performance from Gyllenhaal here is 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 great stuff. Yeah, it's standout. Uh, but she, you know, she she sort of she laughs and she cries and she walks away and she doesn't look back at him, but she's still crying. She's still laughing. I, I really like so the scene how at the start of the scene it almost feels like maybe she will take it, like you know, because we get that she's desperate. She's just been beaten up. You know, she is on the verge of wanting out of this life entirely so maybe maybe the the idea of safety temptation or, yeah it's, it's appealing isn't it the temptation is there to just give in and you know do it but she she persists and we also of course have the scene where the guy actually tries to pick her up in the car and she just walks off she doesn't respond mm. and it's almost like that that moment right there's a decision i can't just do this anymore i have to yeah. and she goes back to the the guy who was making the porn and like you know some of the rules have changed Kind of. It, it sounds very wishy, but it sounds like they've not changed at all. It, it basically sounds like, yeah, we, we thought this was the law, but New York lawyers, they, no, no one gives a shit, so we're just going to do it. it yeah, it's, it's basically, it turns out there was kind of a loophole and we're going to exploit the shit out of it. <laughs> That's kind of what it sounded like to me. Yeah. Rather than... uh, to, to me, it just, the way he was saying it, it was just it was just like, yeah, they don't actually care. In the same way that they don't pick up the, the, the girls in the street, it's like, no, no one gives enough effort to, to bother yeah. uh, and he, he there's also there's a little poignant moment where he says oh you're 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 too banged up right now uh, we'll say a week from Wednesday give you time to heal and again it's, it's almost like a dehumanizing little moment it's like yeah you're not good enough right now you're going to have to wait because yeah. of what happened but but she's happy anyway oh she is like when, when she smiles as she says when do you want to start it's like a proper like she's ready to do something else like she she's almost excited by fighting out her way out of this life it, it, it's almost like yeah she should be going you know she should be offended by oh yeah you can't start now but the way she takes it is almost like oh i'll have a week off <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll relax and get over this for a week and then i'll jump into something new yeah i, just, I want to go back to the, the scene where she is uh, attacked um i think it's really well filmed the, the way she gets grabbed back into the room and then the door just slams shut but we stay on the other side Outside, of the door. Yeah. We don't get to see what's happening. It's, it's just a really nice touch in the filmmaking to... Because your imagination's... I mean, it's it's weird to say this when it's something as, as awful as this, but your imagination does almost make it worse in a, in yeah, a lot of ways. They, they can show you something and it's this thing where you see so much violence on TV and film anyway that you kind of just get used to it. It yeah. doesn't... It, you know, a lot of the time, unless it's filmed really well, it's just like, yeah, okay, that's, that's another stabbing. And I'm sure this would have been filmed really well because everything else in the show has been. Yeah. But they kind of get away with it. It's easier for them just to, no, no. So it's got they they go. You do the work on this one. And, we don't have to do anything. And arguably, it's more effective. So yeah. 
yeah, it, it works. But you know, depending on the scene, uh, it may call for one or the other. But here, this definitely worked. Was uh, keeping us behind the door. Mm. So, so, so that's that's candy stuff. Uh, Darlene's an interesting one in this episode. Yeah, Darlene. Uh, we actually start with her, and I actually wasn't sure if this was a flashback or not uh, for a little bit because she's she's with her friends in uh, Carolina, and she's she's they're all she's talking to them, and they're all you know living normal lives and they're, they're all out for like breakfast or lunch or whatever it is and she she keeps talking about being a model in New York and at first I'm thinking oh is this just what she's lying and saying she's doing but then at one point she actually says to one of them oh you should come back with me and do it as well and I thought oh is this a flashback before she like you know really mm. like fell down under and had to like turn to this life of course we find out later that she's actually like Larry knows she's went there and she's yeah, kind of she says she's on a mission she, she, she's she's uh she sold this trip back home to Larry as I'm going to go and recruit another couple of girls, and it's like, man, that's dark. Like she's she, she's on a scouting mission. Yeah, and she ends up with the waitress who actually comes out and talks to her and like sounds really fascinated about New York and like, oh, that sounds glamorous. And she comes back with her, and Larry doesn't want her. Like he treats her so awful because she's like younger and inexperienced, and passes her off to Rodney. Uh, it's yeah. you know again, it's very demoralizing. Very uh, you know. He he literally sells her. He does, yeah. He he sells her, and he doesn't let her know she's been sold. Like this is all. Like he basically gives him a nod. And he's like, okay, that's yeah. You work for him now. You've been traded. Yeah, they they, they say they think of it like football players. You know, they get traded from teams time to time. Yeah, and of course she actually witnesses the uh, the candy scene uh, with Rodney, mm. uh, and it's like, oh man, this is what's ahead for you. By the way, just pay attention. Yeah, it's this this realization, isn't it? Yeah, was the small town life this bad? I mean. You, you know, like there's, there's all these things, and uh, it's just it's really hard hitting stuff. But I thought that was fascinating. And I think obviously the most hard hitting scene is Abby finds out. Abby like meets her in the street. This new girl, uh, Bernice or or Ginger, as Rodney decides to call her, and she's like, "Wait, Darlene's back!" And Darlene comes into the, the into the bar with uh, some of the girls, and Abby goes up, and like Darlene just won't look at her. She's like so ashamed. So he's trying to shun her away. Yeah. It's it's really uh, uh, Abby's pretty pissed off, clearly. Yeah, because she already had that confrontation with uh, Reggie earlier in the episode, where uh, she takes a photo and he gets pissed about it, and she sort of fights back with you know attacking his you know his, his lifestyle, his position, like get a real job, you know you treat these girls awful, blah 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 blah, and it's this idea that she wants to rebel to, to the point where when she comes back in for work later on, she's not wearing the little you know the, the skimpy little outfit that's the uniform, she's wearing her yeah. regular clothes. And one of the other waitresses is trying to like rebel because she's doing it, and he's like, "No, no, 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 it's the uniform," and that goes for you too. But you can definitely see where the conflict's going to be here. She, she's the, the forward-thinking person, and it's not even like she just has her own people either, because she goes to this party with a with a date, uh, yeah. one, one of our college friends, and she feels so out of place. She doesn't even want to be there. She just gets up and leaves at one point because she feels like, ah, uh, they're they're all just talking I, about movies I, and stuff and. I'm really interested to see how she's going to react to the the, the brothel. Like, mm. is she going to be really against it because you know it's it's propagating the lifestyle and and empowering the pimp still and keeping the system in place, which is obviously what she's against. Or is she going to support it as a as a safer place for the girls? Yeah, yeah, legitimize it a little bit more. Like, yeah, just... more just like like we can keep them there. We can we can have our bodyguards. You know, you go, you got the you got the the guys on the door. You can kind of control it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, it it makes yeah it, it makes some sense like where she could maybe have that opinion on it when it could like but, it, it could go either way with her and I'd believe it. 
But will Vincent lie about it though? Will he not tell her, and then she'll find out? Because that'll go a that, very different that, way. That'll go different. Yeah, <laughs> that that would go a very different way if it, if that turns out to be the case. Mm. Uh, so no, I like that stuff. Like that scene with Darlene though, but she won't even look at her. And then when she does finally look at her, it's with those evil eyes. It's like get away. Uh, yeah, you can almost feel you know Larry over the shoulder, just rubbing his hands like he's got a hold of her so tight. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's 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 rough, isn't it? Yes, it, it feels like she had a chance to get out and she didn't. And you actually really sympathise with uh, with Abby's like you know anger and hurt, like because she tried to do something she, she thought was right and it, it backfired and uh, it, it does kind of hurt. And this is actually one of the points I was thinking about during this episode. Actually, is Abby's the only one in the show where I feel like she's actually had like a sexy scene. And what I mean by that is most of the sex in this show is not actually that attractive. It's very grim and gritty and just unappealing. Yeah. You know? It's very sleazy. Uh, whereas whenever Abby's flirting with someone, though, specifically with Vincent, typically, she actually does have a kind of a sexy vibe. She's, you know, she smiles, she'll smirk, she'll, it'll feel playful, it'll feel like it actually is kind of enticing. It'll, it'll seem genuine. And I think it's interesting that the only, the only female character in this show who's been in like a sex scene where it's it's felt remotely attractive is the one who's not a prostitute, and then every single one else, it, it feels kind of grimy. And sl- I mean, obviously, uh, okay. you're right. I mean, Vincent did have sex with the other barmaid in the first episode. And I guess that wasn't as bad, but like, I just, on the whole, though, just looking at it as like a sort of broad, like yeah. just just how awkward or sort of uh, just just kind of empty a lot of the other sex scenes are. They're just they're, they're, they're lacking it's, any it's kind of emotion. It's very uh, routine. Yes. Yes, I think that's that's kind of interesting, and we see that with Paul because Paul, uh, the, you know, the, the the bartender, he we get a bit more with him in this episode. We see kind of more his uh, inner workings again, and uh, there's a little, little moment with him and Mike. We find out Mike's more of an artist, but that's a little, little funny moment because Mike's just sitting doing a crossword, and when he when he offers to like do the art for an advert for the for the newspaper, uh, Vincent's like, oh, can you fit it? In? Can you you got you got the time? And he just sort of looks down at the newspaper and goes, I'll fit it in my schedule. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Uh, he's got. He's just you know he's sitting there at the bar. He could, he could be drawing d- things all day. D- dude cracks me up. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's, he's pretty funny. But uh, Paul actually gets arrested. He gets caught up, even though he did nothing wrong. He, he gets caught up for soliciting, even though he's not. It's, it's one of these things where the cops are just farming their their arrests. Yeah, they're, they're getting him because he's gay. Is, yeah. is the implication that it seemed like. Yeah, it's a homophobic sort of. Uh, you know. Yeah. So they can't arrest him for being gay. But they can get him for this, and it's like, well, that'll do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's obviously awful. But it comes right after a really awkward scene with him, where he's, he's in the uh, the porn theater, and this random guy like sees him, and again, this is a, it kind of, it shows you again the kind of the absurdity of the situation, where he's actually got his dick out and he's holding it there in the theater, and he's just sort of sitting there. You know, everyone's okay with this because it's a porn theater, and that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, but and it, it's funny actually because it it kind of parallels with a conversation he had with uh, with Frankie. Ellen uh, because Frankie was talking to him about how the difference between you know uh, heterosexual relationships and homophobic uh, not homophobic uh, <laughs> homosexual relationships if I say that properly uh, is like he's, he's, he's I mean he's, he's, he'd be kind of naive about it but he's talking about how oh like you know lesbians probably have sex the least because they, you know women are the ones who don't typically want to have sex that much which isn't accurate but that's what he's thinking. Yeah. And he's talking about how, you know, men and women have sex more, but the women will often say, oh, she has a headache. And it's, again, it's these stereotypes, these things where he's not really thinking about it as, like, a mature adult. But he's like, so gay guys... But he's not a mature adult. It, well, of course. But gay guys must have the most sex because it's just guys. Like, it must be dick all the time. I mean, if you take the stereotypes that he's going with as true, 
His logic is sound. <laughs> sure, but they aren't true. They are, no. So... Just, just his logic is sound, if the yeah. premise is accurate. Sure, sure. Uh, so he's in this theatre and he's, he's, he's got it out and this guy just comes up and says, do you want some company? And he's like, yeah, go for it. And I, I love the little touch that the guy spits in his hand beforehand. Mm. It just, it's, just, it's just a little moment that just adds to it. It's just like, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> like, just adds to the, the kind of griminess of it. That, yeah. But he gets arrested and uh, Vincent sends Mike to bail him out. He gets some money from the, from the register to go bail him out. Yeah, because he's a good guy. And of course, Mike's like, you know, Someone who clearly, you know, as a black man, uh, like, you know, has felt prejudiced in his life from the police, as you know, yeah. get, get, you know, shouting shit at them as he's walking out. Uh, so again, it's all on the surface. Everyone knows why they're doing it, why they arrest gay people, why they arrest black people, why they arrest, you know, people they shouldn't be. And it was, it's kind of all on the surface. So it's playing with all these things. Paul goes to a, a nightclub uh, without his boyfriend because his boyfriend's not into it. Yeah, it, we, we, it, it's the same thing, presumably, as you know, last episode where it was like, yeah. hey, let's go dancing. Yeah, and he he goes with this other guy, and he ends up meeting this guy in there. And I want to point out just how sort of majestic this gay club scene is shot. Everything's in slow motion. It's very it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it has that neat trick where, I mean, I'm sure you know how they do this, but I'll explain it for people who don't. Uh, they have that neat trick where they're in slow motion, but they're still dancing in time to the music. Are you aware how they do this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, when they film it, and obviously they film it with uh, more frames per second, so when they slow it down, it looks nice and smooth. They'll film it with a song playing at like twice the speed or whatever speed they want. Yeah. Uh, but then when they slow it back down, they play and they play the song. So so let's say they're filming it at double the frame rate. Uh, if they if they put the song, it's twice speed. When they, they put the song back at normal speed, and then they slow down the video to regular speed, it will be in slow motion, but it'll still play with the music. They do it a lot for music videos. It's a very common thing you get for yeah. that kind of thing. But it works really well because you get this effect where they're sort of dancing and slow. You know, they've got that slow but, motion but it's effect. Still got the momentum from the from yeah. the music. But it's very effective. So there's, there's a lot of a uh, lot of dancing, and uh, he takes them back home and to, to where his boyfriend lives. Because as someone points out, like his boyfriend pays for his rent. Yeah. So he takes him home and you think, oh, that's going to be a big confrontation because he's drunk and his boyfriend's going to flip his shit. But sure enough, the other guy just kind of seduces him and initiates a threesome. Yeah, have a bit of weed. Come and join in. That's basically what the scene is. Uh, but yeah, so it's, so we're getting a bit more of a window into his life uh, and you know we'll see how that develops, I think, as it goes on. It's, Paul's a funny character to me because he wasn't in like, the first two episodes. It was kind of this... Right, he... He stealthily came in part way through. Yeah, and, and and when he did start getting introduced, I was like, okay, he's gonna be there. I wasn't expecting to have separate plots following him, like mm. his thing. I was just gonna thought he'd be just around, and I, I, it's one of those where I don't know where it's going with him. I don't know what his his story is yet. Like, I don't know what the purpose of his character is going to be. Yeah, the scenes have all been really really well handled, uh, and I I think. I think it's an interesting addition, though. I think adding in like a gay character for that for this time period, you know, given all the themes yeah. of sex in the show and how that's handled, I think having a gay character makes a lot of sense. Oh, of course, that, that's the thing. Yeah. I I, un- I understand what why they've got him there. I just like you know when we talk about Vincent, we go, okay, I see where his arc is, I, and we talk about like Candy, we go, okay, I see yeah. what she's doing. With with Paul, I don't know what the purp- the overall purpose of his character is yet. Yeah, arguably Abby's a bit more ambiguous as well. Like, we've had some guesses, but they've kind of like. They've, they've... Yeah, but at least like with her, I go, okay, she's really rebellious. She's the yeah. one that's gonna, you know, poke the holes in things if it comes to that. 
Yeah, well, it was actually reminds me. We did actually mention that. I mentioned it when I was talking about uh, the other plot, but the, the, the scene where Ashley, you know, she, she's like, why didn't she leave? She had the opportunity, and Ashley says, what makes you think she wanted to leave? What makes you think she didn't like her life right now? And she, yeah. you know, she has that line where, you know, pimps, dads, and husbands are all the same. The pimps are just upfront about it. Uh, you know, cutting satire, uh, yeah. as, as it were, uh, which obviously is a bit of a broad brush, but maybe there is something of a point because her father, like, obviously has kind of disowned her because she dropped out of college. Like she's, she's not the... Because I think the other line she says is, um, they like you for who you are until you try to be someone else. Yeah, and, that's it. And that's, like, that's what her father's done. Like As soon as she dropped out of college, she's not the person that her father was kind of raising all that time. Uh, and I think... I, I think it's maybe interesting that she might relate to the... She may not want to become a prostitute. She may never see herself as being part of that society. But she may relate to them a lot more than she thought she could to begin it, with. Interestingly... I've kind of taken it the opposite there. Oh, you, I, I kind of put her in the shoes of the pimp. She was the one going, no, she's the one taking the, the control, going, you, you know, she's the one going, here, have the money, you go, you do something else. She's the one trying to take control that, of the situation. That's a very good read on it, and it backfired, because, and she doesn't like Darlene anymore because she's not the one she thought she was. Right. Which, you know, is an, also an interesting bit of commentary. It's like, well, it's not really about gender all that much. At least not as much as it maybe is on the surface. No, more about just the, the identity of the person. Yeah. And obviously men tend to fill into that role more, and women tend to fill into their roles more. That's why we have stereotypes in the first place. And we shouldn't, but we do. Uh, mm. And this is maybe analyzing and saying, no, other people can fill these roles. You can have someone there. It's just a case of, yeah. you know, who the person and, is, what, what, what's led to that point in their life. Kind of thing. And, and it makes me think going forward maybe maybe she does learn about the brothel and she's like you know what i don't want to be here in this skimpy outfit but maybe i can come and help run the brothel yeah from the management point of view because we know she wanted something to do with the accounting side to begin with anyway hmm. when she came in so maybe she goes over there and goes look let me help out here let me prove that i can do this yeah and it makes me think going with this theme at one point you know rudy loves vincent right now but when vincent tries to be someone else yeah, that's it, isn't it? You know, all these things, they kind of... They, they, that's the thing, we talk about how this doesn't have like an overall plot that seems to be tying everyone together, but the themes sure do like Yeah, to... it's it's thematically it's incredibly tight. So fascinating stuff, basically, is the, is the, point, I'm, is the point I'm at with that, where, where it's just, it's really poking at the, the identities of these characters and what their roles are supposed to be, and what roles they want to have, and mm. if they're willing to fight to have different roles. Uh so I think you know, if nothing else, it's an examination of why people end up doing what they do, for better or worse. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So in terms of stuff we have left to talk about, we had we had one scene with Cece and uh, Laurie. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, so it's funny how we've had two episodes in a row, but we've only had one scene each. Something's happened to Laurie, and we're, we don't know what yet, because mm. Ashley comes in, she's made a fair amount of money on this particular night, and she is demanding that she. You know, maybe you know she, she's like, "Oh, what's wrong with Laurie now? Like, she, why does she look like shit?" Yeah. And he, he says there's been an incident, but he doesn't say what. She's went through something, and he just insists she goes away. So that's actually right before she goes and speaks to Abby. Uh, yeah, and and Laurie looks really distraught. Which makes, and I, I imagine we're going to find out at some point. But it's, I think we have to. But I think it has to have been something severe, given that she's shown herself to be quite strong and capable. On the surface, maybe. On the um, surface, at least, like that's what I mean. Like she's. Yeah. She's shown herself to, you know, whenever something happens, she'll stand up. So it, I, I assume it has to be something that, that's quite impactful to, to hit her like this. Maybe. Uh, maybe the guy who went after Candy went after her as well. And that, oh, maybe. That's the second time she's had a violent encounter. And, you mm, know. Could be. 
so much time. So I, oof, it's uh, it's curious. It's just one scene. It's because uh, I was really noticing they weren't here the whole episode because there was such a big part of the first two or three, and then the last yeah. couple have been kind of just you know the one scene each. But obviously, yeah. something's boiling. Something's simmering away. We're, we're definitely it's, getting. To... You just I'm just waiting for it to all you know to 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 come out at once. And it's like okay, this is this is all the shit that's been going on here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so another uh, small thing is uh, so the the couple of le- uh, the like couple of lesbians, the, the couple of prostitutes who are in a relationship together. Uh, Barbara being one of them. I don't really have the other girl's name yet. Uh, but they're actually the reason why they're making so much money is actually because they're they're stealing from the Johns. Uh, they're, they're running a racket. Yeah, one of them is like keeping them busy during sex, while the other one tiptoes in and takes money out the wallet. Just a simple little scene. I, I like how she's clearly gone right. I'm going to the toilet or something like that because. She comes back, you know, after yeah. she takes the money, she comes back, she goes, oh, did you finish without me? Like, you know, like she was only gone for two minutes or something. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a comical little scene, uh, for, given what it is, but it is kind of funny. Uh, especially since she shows up at another scene where she's got, like, so much cash, and, like, the pimp's really impressed, and, like, you know, the other one's been kind of, you know, oh, God, your feet hurt, big deal, you know, Larry's giving her, like, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of thing. That was a different scene, actually, but, yeah, the same difference. But, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so all that stuff. So the one thing we've really not talked about yet at all is the reporter, Miss um, mm. uh, Washington. Uh, of course, she's she's been with um, with the police officer Alston, and he she's asking more questions. He's helping her out some more. They actually, you know, he's with his partner as well. Actually, he's with Flanagan. They're in the car, and it gets a little bit heated because she kind of like pokes it like. Well, this is kind of corrupt. Why are, you, why are you doing this? But they basically admit that a lot of the guys get their arrests right before they're supposed to be like finishing because that puts them into overtime and they're kind of scamming the system so they get paid more overtime. Yeah. Uh, Smart. Don't blame them. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. And he, uh, Alston brings up this this story from uh, Greek mythology about the the boulder going up the hill and the, the punishment is that he, he has to keep doing it and it keeps rolling down the other side and that's kind of what happens with the prostitutes where they keep putting them away but they keep them back on the street yeah, the next day out by breakfast is, yeah. is is the line they use and so so it's like oh, what's the point if we're gonna do this we might as well get paid for it yeah and she's like yeah but he wasn't getting paid every time he put the boulder up on top of the hill. And Flanagan takes, you know, a bit of offence to this. Well, I work for my money. I work hard for my money. Like he gets really like, and it's like, but at the same time, you kind of see your point. Like, what you're really not accomplishing anything. No, but what's he supposed to do with this? You know, like he, he's he takes them back oh, to the no, station. I mean, and... him personally, he's not really meant to do anything. This is the problem. It's a, 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 a system yeah. system problem. But it's it's why he gets so offended because he's yeah. like, well, what am I supposed to do? I take them to the station. Doesn't matter if I do it now or if I do it when I'm going to get overtime regardless it, nothing's going to change it's just a cog in the wheel if he stops moving they'll just remove him and put another cog in his place and it'll just keep spinning like that's yeah. that's that's the whole thing and uh but i think that's kind of what the, the 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 reporter part of the plot is going to be though i think is going to be shining a light on the some of the real problems with all this stuff. i mean obviously a lot of it's very obvious but i think her analytical view that's going to bring into the show is going to shed lights on things like this where yeah, like Flanagan can't really do much about it, but he is part of he is kind of part of the problem in the sense that he doesn't even speak up. Like we've seen, Alston kind of like he wants to test the uh, you know the safe zone. He's not supposed to arrest people in the street. He wanted to test that, so he he's willing to push for things a little bit. And we see that she is as well with her with her editor. So like he's like, no, this is not a story. Let's this just like, propagate stereotypes. Like, yeah, let, let me let me get a bit of a longer piece then. Let me do better. Yeah, let me do better. Let me actually blow this wide open and show what it's actually like. And he's like, no, this you know, this propagates stereotypes. This is like, you know, 
you're like, this is how people are going to read this, this is just going to like support the problem, and it's her wanting to prod at it, him like looking at it from a different angle, you know, it, it's looking at different viewpoints, and it's, it's bringing all these yeah. different things in, um, and I think, like, again, she wasn't in the first couple of episodes, she's kind of, like, you know, being planted a bit more and more as we've been going further along, uh, and I think, again, it's another viewpoint, kind of, kind of like, you know, having the gay element of what it was like at the time. Right, uh, it's, it's you know, what what's it like to be outside this system looking in? Yes, yeah, but she, but she kind of represents us in a, a weird way, because she, she is does. The, the outsider looking in. Yeah, but again, the, the difference between her and Paul is I get the purpose of her story. I get what she's doing. Oh, sure, yeah. With, with Paul, I don't quite see where it fits yet, other than just being another viewpoint, like you say. Yeah, uh, but hers is a lot more obvious because of the role it is. It is, yeah. yeah. It's it, By its nature, it's hard not to see it. Yeah, so obviously, uh, Alston sets up the, 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 the interview with uh, Reggie, Reggie Love, mm. uh, and he leaves her there, and you know, obviously he's, he's flirting with her, and they have, clearly that's still building, even though she's still kind of like using him to like all these favors to like get 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 her talking to people, uh. So so I'm sure we don't really get much of it. We see a little bit of intimidation where he's like, you know, the first rule of pimping: look at the man in the eye when you're talking to him. Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh. But otherwise, it's his usual sort of slick talking, like you know, getting more money out of her, just being kind of true to what he, he's normally like. But... Yeah. He's he's a uh, he's being a pimp, isn't he? <laughs> he's being yeah. He's, he's being a he, pimp. He he is nothing if not genuine. That is true. That is true. Uh, I will say he's the one that I actually struggle understanding sometimes. The way he speaks is a little bit thicker than uh, what everyone else does. Like sometimes he'll he'll use like these like little sayings and metaphors that I just like they'll whisk by me a little bit. No, I get you. I get you. Uh, he just you know he has like a really thick dialect. Where whereas everyone else I'm, I'm like fine with because that that was him and um, him and Rodney in the bus station the first episode that I had trouble understanding a little bit yeah and it was him this is the same character he was the one who was like you know he was the way he was talking was just really thick uh, and it was difficult at times but not a big mm. deal uh, it's true to character it'd be weird if he didn't yeah it, it's it plays up the the persona doesn't it yeah uh, so no so have I missed any characters or plot lines that we've, we've talked don't about I think so I, I don't think so either uh Certainly not. I, I thought this was a this was back to feeling like there was a lot of separate plot lines, but all of them felt like Candy's was hard hitting. Uh, that breakdown scene is one of the standouts of the show so far. Mm. I, I think uh, her trying to like hold it together, but realizing she just can't. Like she's just she's broken. She is literally broken by this lifestyle. Uh, she's ready to go. Uh, I thought that was fantastic, and I really liked the uh, the the build up to the whorehouse and Vincent's kind of ending with the the counter. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's it was just such a nice moment. Yeah. Uh, and maybe see what all the rooms are like. I'm like, yeah, maybe use a bigger bed. I suppose would be my one recommend. Maybe that's the VIP room. You get a king size bed. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did like the, the whole point of you know the the reason why they ended up doing it and, and agreeing to to do the whole house was, well, someone's gonna do it. Might as well be us. At least we can you know treat them right. Yeah, yeah. Like um, that. Pretty much everyone kind of took that 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 ideology and and that, that kind of. Even the police are like that as well, aren't they? They're going, yeah, well, someone's going to take them in, so we might as well do it. We might as well get paid at the overtime. Yeah, it's kind of like, especially since we see that they all kind of interact with each other. We see them at the at the cafe, uh, Leon's, we see them at the bar, and they all kind of intermingle, and they're all part of the same system. So it's kind of like, yeah, of course they, they don't necessarily want them all to get hurt. Like, the ones who hurt the prostitutes, the ones who are dangerous, are these outsiders who are like drifters right. and these and, other... But it, it questions it, how far does that ideology go? How far can you go? Well, it might as well be us till you're doing something that's not that good. Exactly. You you keep justifying it until at one point you realise you've crossed the line. 
Yeah, I feel like that might be where this this show goes. Like, mm. how far does it go before it you're hits part that of the, limit? You're really part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So that's episode five. We get three episodes left of the season. So. By all means, let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. We have an audio feed for this this review series now. Search Mail of Fuzz TV on your iTunes or podcast app. You should uh, come across it and all the other stuff I've got up there. Uh, but no, so uh, if you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash Mail of Fuzz TV. Uh, you can see what's available over there and, you know, uh, you know, feel warm and fuzzy for uh, keep, keeping us going and keeping these reviews coming. Uh, get us on Twitter at Mail underscore Fuzz. Uh, but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching uh, keep watching TV guys have you got any vanilla